lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. We call that our life cycle. Made a shirt about it, and it rings true with who we are as a podcast and a group. We are fortunate enough to have partnered with a company who can help us achieve one of those three key elements. Some sleep. They have a keto-friendly version of their delicious sleep aid drink, and we're loving it. It's a lightly flavored, eight-ounce anti-energy drink. You drink it roughly 30 minutes before you're ready to go to sleep, and you'll feel it help you into a deep, restful, all-night sleep. It provides some helpful elements to do so, including magnesium, GABA, and melatonin. When combined, you have a powerful tool for getting the impactful sleep that you and I so frequently don't get in our technology-driven, fast-paced lives. You can find it at some retail stores, but you can also purchase it online and get it shipped to your door. When you do, use discount code TKMC10, and you'll not only be getting 10% off, but you'll be helping support the Keto Man's Club. You can find the link to their website by going to theketomansclub.com. We're thankful to Sam for partnering with us, and we hope you'll benefit from use of their product the way we have so far. Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health. Find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts. And this week, as as usual, I'm joined by Jim and Alberto. And guys, it's been forever since we've actually seen each other's faces, all three of us together, I should say. Uh, <laughs> I, I have the, the fortunate benefit of being able to hang out a little bit with Berto. But, uh, but you know, Jim, we, we missed getting to, to, to hang out with you online and, and get to uh, to do these. But we took a break. You guys have had all kinds of fun without me, and you know what I'm talking about. And I just am, uh, I'm just a little bit jealous um, and everything. But as we get into the late spring, summer months, um, and it's Indiana versus Texas, I'm not going to uh, give up my 80 degrees for 167. Sure. Yeah, so, that's yeah, fair. But it's nice to yeah, see they're... you both as well. That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, there there was there was uh, meat had and a few drinks and uh, a good old time. So yeah, attempted bonfire and a monsoon. (laughs) Yes, yeah, the the monsoon (laughs) totally, totally blew that that one out out of the option. So uh, luckily, Berto has a uh, a covered back porch, so we were able to still enjoy the evening. It was a very pleasant night, actually. Good, Um, good, good. Rainby. Yeah, we're we're gonna forgo because we've we've been out of the loop for this a bit. I, I shared in the previous episode that we kind of took a break for a few uh, for a few weeks to to do all that. So we're gonna forgo the picks of the week this week. We'll we'll p- pick that up again next week. But what what's new? Like what it, life's been crazy. That's why we took some time off. But uh, what what's new in in? Let's start with Berto. What's new with you? Um. Still doing jujitsu. I earned a second stripe, so now I'm a two-stripe white belt, which just means I'm slightly better than a one-stripe white belt and a lot better than the guy who just walks in. 
But otherwise, I'm still getting pummeled every single week. And uh, it should come as no surprise when uh, you try to do a sport that involves strangulation and bending all your joints in the wrong direction. Your weightlifting takes a hit. So I, I kind of, I still, I still am weightlifting. I just had to kind of uh, let go of all the PRs because it's, it's incredibly hard to do both. And it was actually our good friend, uh, Ben Phelps, that said, hey, man, you can only serve one master. You can either be a great power lifter and mediocre at jujitsu or vice versa. And right now I'm just having too much fun grappling. So I'm going to go with that for a little bit and then just still hit the gym and still do what I can and weightlift around achy joints. <laughs> yep. Yep. I can totally see that. Uh, Jim, what, what's going on with you? You know, there's peaks and there's valleys. And um, I had a uh, opportunity to be on uh, Yogi uh, Parker's podcast um, a few weeks back. I don't think it's gone live yet, but been a little bit in a valley for a while. Um, some health things, some sleep things, some work things, a variety of things and uh, trying to get stuff uh, rearranged, lined out and whatnot. So um, the break was nice. Again, it's nice to see you guys again. But, I, you know, it's just I think a lot of people trudge through 2020 with the pandemic and everything. And we all kind of hit a cliff at some point where it's just like we're, we're, we're done. And that hit me about uh, mid-March or so and just like kaboom. So um, getting back in the groove. We'll just leave it at that right now. So it's coming along. Yeah, I think uh, my experience has been much the same. I hit that. Uh, I ran out of cares to give about a lot of different things. Cares? That's, cares? That's, very PG. That's not the word I use. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep this. show, though. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep this family friendly. Uh, but yeah, I, I ran out of cares to give uh, in, in, in February and I let go of a lot of different things and so I'm still kind of rebuilding and getting back. You know, I, I am back on track, I should say. I'm not like, you know, getting back on track. I'm back on track. But it, it is still one of those things that uh, I've had to adjust a lot of things business-wise. I'm actually outsourcing some of my work now because I've got enough of it that I can't do it all myself. Uh, and uh, just uh, that that's hard to do because I'm a control freak and I like to do everything myself. So doing more of the letting someone else do the minutiae and the 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 more time intensive things so that I can put the spit and polish on it and make it look and sound good. Uh, that that type of thing is where I can really excel and put my stamp on it. And uh, the rest of it's pretty standard. It just kind of it, it it's not really that big of a deal. But yeah, uh, it's been it's been good to have the break. I got to spend some good evenings with the wife and takes a little extra time that we wouldn't have had otherwise to uh, kind of just be present with each other and get ahead on podcast editing. So I didn't spend all night editing and things like that. So lots of, uh, lots of that, lots of shifting. Um, but it's been good. Um, it's been good. Uh, let's see. Uh, a reminder to our listeners. We want to make sure that, you know, to go to our website, theketomansclub.com. Maybe possibly foreshadowing the new website will be up by the time this airs. If not, you still have all the links to everything, but hopefully you'll have some links to, or you'll have much more than that. We're, we're working on a formal website that has all the information uh, about us and how to connect with all the different groups and things like that. And uh, we just need to, to get the, 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 the content 
in the right spots. We have kind of the frame or the structure. We just need to build on that. So we're still working on that as we speak or as we're recording. But by the time this airs, hopefully we'll have something there. Then other club news um, uh, beyond that is uh, we, we the 101 group is over a thousand members now, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Where's uh, our applause sound effect? Quiet round of applause. Uh, yeah, it's not even Chris. Sound I'll, I'll make it a silent round of applause so that Chris doesn't get mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, we, we, that, that's pretty, pretty phenomenal. And so, like, if we put the two groups together, let's see, let's see how how we're doing over there. Thirty five hundred there. So we're talking about forty five hundred men have joined one of our groups and uh, hopefully are seeing uh, their their lives um, changed and adjusted and all of that, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Jim, any other, you know, business that we should attend to before we uh, start digging into our guest story? I guess the thing I would just add is that um, as we're recording this, it's we're coming off the announcement from the CDC about masks and things like that. And so a lot of things are opening up. So I'm hopeful that as time moves forward over the next few months, we're going to see some opportunities for um, gatherings again. I know that Texas is a big spot for the MEAT, M-E-E-T and M-E-A-T up um, events. And, um, you know, KetoCon 2022, um, if you didn't get to go to 2021 because it didn't happen because 2020 and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm hopeful that we will start seeing some of those dates and things being announced and chances to get together. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and an encouragement to you guys out there. The reason that meetups happen in Texas inside a pandemic or not is because we just make it happen. We, we get out there and we get the word out and we pass it along and one friend meets it, you know, passes it along to another friend. And so it, um, Get on the Discord the Discord server. Uh, we have a section on there for every state in the United States. And so you can get in there and say, hey, I'm here. Who else is here? And uh, be able to kind of connect with other people that are semi-local. We, we had people... Uh, at this meetup, this is how pe- how starved people are for, for meetups. Uh, uh, there was a ton of people at this carnivore meetup that we had uh, with with Judy Chu uh, and we uh, Cho Cho. I think it's Cho uh, with with Judy uh, that um, you know they came from Oklahoma, Kansas, like just all over the place. Uh, I I can't remember the 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 one young lady's um, she came from even further away. Like she flew in, like, she's like, this is the first time I'm going to have the chance to do anything anywhere. I am going, <laughs> you know, she got wind of it. She bought a plane ticket. She's, she's coming in. She came from like the East coast or something. It was crazy. So we, you know, the reason it happens in Texas is only because people are willing to put it out there and say, we're going to do something. So I encourage you in other states and other area regions of the, the, the world, just get together. You know, if you're in the Chicagoland area, get together with other Chicagolanders. Um, you know, they, you know, if you have to drive an hour or two, it's absolutely worth it. Uh, we're, we're just lucky enough. We're in the center of the state. So people come to us. <laughs> it's, it, it really is. It is, it is nice. Very, very um, true. But yeah, we're, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely something to uh, to just make happen. We, that there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, so let's uh, 
If there's no other business to attend to, let's go ahead and dive in. Um, this week we have uh, Dan Turner. Dan reached out to us and kind of shared a little bit of his bio with us. Uh, I won't spoil it right now, uh, but it, it definitely piqued our interest and we wanted to have him on to share his story, what his journey that he's on currently and, um, and all of that, because between his background and where he's at now and where he's going, um, just cool things. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks guys. It's a, it's a pleasure for, um, I appreciate you guys having me on, you know, um, I can be found at diabetes army, uh, on Instagram and on Facebook and, uh, you know, uh, the reason I reached out is you guys have a great podcast and you've got a lot of awareness. I'm trying to create as much awareness as I can for diabetes. You know, I, I uh, have uh, type 2 diabetes. I'm in the middle of reversing it, almost to the end of it. Um, however, uh, you have a great forum, so I thought uh, it'd, be, uh, it'd be good to have a conversation. Absolutely. So we always do this, start at the beginning, kind of tell us how it, you know, how it came to be, you know, you know, get, get it, get us started, but you, you know, it will naturally roll into the, 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 where we're at. So, you know, uh, my, my background is kind of interesting. I grew up dirt poor in Canada, um, like literally in nothing in a welfare house, um, you know, uh, parents split and uh, started selling popcorn and peanuts when I was 11 years old at the Winnipeg arena. And uh, so I grew up hustling uh, my whole life. I ended up, uh, you know, Wanted to become a pro football player. I ended up getting into professional wrestling. Uh, was on the wrestling tour for, I want to say, maybe about 12 years. Actually, it's funny you talk about jujitsu. Before I started uh, wrestling, uh, the promoter had uh, an early version of sort of UFC up in Canada. So I did that for six, uh, six fights. Well, not fights, but nights. Because if you fought in one, you kept fighting, much like the UFC was at the beginning with tournaments. And the last one I did, I won, but I fought three times, and it was exhausting. I mean, I'll never forget how tired mm-hmm. I was. I, I laid on the floor for 45 minutes after in the dressing room. I couldn't move. It was insane. So um, so anyways, once my wrestling career took off, I stopped that and, uh, you know, toured the world, world with wrestling. I've uh, been all over. Uh, lived in uh, Mexico, worked uh, in the in, uh, uh, big, big arenas and stadiums in Mexico, and things like that. And um, I had uh, left wrestling, went into journalism, uh, was the first CNN reporter hired in Mexico. I covered the Mexican president, Carlos Salinas, uh, was down in Salvador um, for the peace accords. Um, so kind of been all over. My last full-time gig is with the Billboard Group out of uh, New York City. So I uh, covered the business end of the entertainment industry, you know, um, with some of the biggest bands in the world and, and things like that. So it was, it was a, it's, I've had a really... I like to say I've had a Cinderella life, but uh, I ended up in Los Angeles, and um, and I uh, I have a few things. I, I work in the automotive industry. I I uh, I uh, I turn stores around that are having issues um, for our company, uh, and then I um, all of a sudden out of the blue. I mean, I was always a pretty strong guy, you know, Gold's Gym Venice member for sixteen years, seventeen years. Uh, and I got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And once I started taking insulin, I put on about 150 pounds, like almost overnight with the insulin. It was crazy. So continued to work out strong as an ox, you know, in the gym. And, um, you know, and then finally the pandemic hit and I wanted to be an example. So um, I wanted to turn this around. So uh, during since last May, during the pandemic, I've lost 107 pounds. 
I'm helping uh, a number of other people on their weight loss journey as well. I'm helping two ex-pro athletes. One guy's down 103. The other guy is down 48. And, and then, I, you know, look, for athlete, for pro athletes have a mindset. And you get this mindset and you can just do it. There's no down days. You just know how to get in the show and be in the show and be around successful people. And that's how I am in my personal life and my business life too. And uh, so with the pro athletes, it's easy. They get it. They just go and they do it. Um, and I want to help some what I call normal people. So I'm helping a, a, a female real estate uh, person. She's uh, she's down 20 and a half pounds. She wants to get down 40 in total. Um, she's done well. And I'm helping another lady uh, with her diabetes who had uh, readings of over 300, couldn't get the readings down. And after a week, I had her down to uh, 95, which, you know, 80 to 120 is, is your normal uh, reading. So she's done wonderful as well. So I get people coming to me. So what happened was I lost my old tag team partner, uh, Kamala, from the WWF, WWE. Work, you know, he did WrestleMania, Wrestle Hogan, all these guys. Well, we lost him uh, last year with uh, with diabetes. Uh, another guy in, in Canada, Gary Allen, who was the referee, did all the top matches. I was a Canadian heavyweight champion. Um, the, uh, he's He did – anytime I'd work out of Vancouver, the West Coast, I'd have him do my matches – uh, same thing, complications because of the diabetes. He lost his leg. Kamala lost both his legs. And I thought it was just time to give back and to try to get some awareness on it. So I've been on this keto journey. I started doing keto and getting dialed in, zoned in, and focused on keto last uh, last May when uh, everything was locking down. My dealerships were still open. Um, and um, I lost the first 80 doing keto, and then I added in uh, intermittent fasting, and uh, with the combination of keto and the intermittent fasting, um, you know, it's been a it's been a real success story. And I plan to keep it going, um, you know, different stages. I just rejoined Gold's Gym over in Venice. Um, so I'm just back in the gym and I'm rebuilding my body after tearing it down for so many years around the world in different rings. And now it's a matter of uh, I've got the nutrition side down and the, and the fasting side down. So now it's time to get to the physical side down. But you know, it's very humbling. It's humbling to sit on an incline bench where you used to do, you know, four and a quarter. And uh, now I've got 25 plates on each side because my left shoulder's <laughs> kind of blown out and, uh, you know, things like that. So with no gyms open, I did uh, yoga for a year, uh, Diamond Dallas Page DDP yoga. Um, I did that for a year. It's like a power yoga, and it's been amazing. I love it. The flexibility is crazy. And uh, so that's kind of like the, the magic sauce of my uh, formula, keto, intermittent fasting, and the yoga. And um, uh, I finally uh, started wearing a Dexcom, thanks to my doctor. And, um, and uh, so I'm going to a whole new level with that. So I started this Diabetes Army to, to, to you know, get some awareness for type 2 diabetes and diabetes in general. Um, you know, I just acquired another small wellness company, and I'm, I'm negotiating a couple of other ones. So... Um, and it's the, you know, information. I've got a newsletter I send out every week. Uh, I do just a 10-minute podcast um, every uh, Sunday night. And the more awareness, the better. Uh, and I think the stuff that you guys do is just absolutely amazing on wellness and, and people getting their life going and getting together and stuff like that and trying to move things forward. And I've been listening to you guys start today. And, you know, one thing I think people forget about in this whole wellness journey is mindset, Right. And we have to work on our minds as much as our bodies. And my doctor's the Los Angeles Kings team doctor. And we had an interesting conversation with my first physical the other day. 
And obviously he deals with pro athletes and that's why I, I wanted to get him. And, um, he was saying they talk a lot about this, you know, with the NHL. And he said, uh, you know, um, they encourage the players to work as much on their minds as, as on their physical beings. And uh, it's really interesting to, to think like that because, you know, um, if you can conquer your mind, you can conquer anything. Mike Tyson's got a great quote. I, I just heard something he said the other day. I met Mike in Vegas very late at night. We don't even want to talk about that, but – <laughs> uh, we, we had a, when you say that, it makes you want to talk about that. Yeah, I know, right? But we had a few laughs. But but you know, one, one thing that Tyson said was, uh, you know, listen, he won't, he doesn't hold any hatred for anyone because when he does, that person's controlling his mind, and he won't let that happen. And that is so interesting to me, so interesting. So you know, I I think a lot of this journey is it gets back to getting your head right. If you can get your head right, your body will follow, right? I mean, it's just a big part of it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I didn't notice your shirt. I was actually going to ask you about that, but uh, you cleared it up with the, with the DDP. Yeah, just enough of it to recognize it. 100,000 points. That's a lot of stretching, man, a lot of sweat. Good old DDP. But he's done a fabulous job with his yoga program. Uh, reinvented himself as a yoga guru. And um, yeah, it's amazing. And what's funny about this is this wellness journey, I probably got five employees who are along the same way asking me about keto. How does it work? How does the fasting work? And you think about if you're running a company or a number of employees, right? The healthier your employees are, the better it is for your company. You're not losing people to sick days, right? People are uh, generally in a better mind uh, uh, place when they're on a health journey, right? So there's so many positive aspects about, uh, you know, sharing the love with people. I don't really push my my wellness onto uh, people, um, you know, that I work with, but they're all obviously seeing something here. So they're kind of jumping in on their own. I do push it a lot on uh, on uh, my um, on my my Instagram and my uh, Facebook, though I'm, I'm big on pushing it. So if I can help people at this point in my life, man, I again I've lived a Cinderella life. If I can give back to somebody, I'm going to. Yeah, you got to say uh, our resident rumin, ruminant expert, uh, Dr. Peter Ballister. His his quote kind of stuck in my head is uh, something along the lines of one of the best things you can do for this planet is be as healthy as possible, and it follows along the same thing, same line of what you were saying. Where once you're on that journey, like everything around you improves and everything you do improves, and your mindset improves, and your outlook improves, and everything just gets better. So, you know, you 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 spread that, like you said, like kind of like, you know, if you'd be like family tree style and split it and split it and split it and split it, then yeah, things everywhere are going to get a lot better. You know, I get up every morning, I do the same thing. And, and for me, look, I beat my body up all over the world, so it's it's a little different. But I sit on the edge of my bed and I literally sit every morning. Uh, I meditate. I discovered meditation about a year ago. And again, talking about working on mindset, I do 10 minutes a night and maybe just three minutes in the morning. However, I sit on the edge of my bed and I always think to myself, I can have a really crappy day today or I can have a really good day. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to make it a good day. And that's it. That's how my day starts. And I'm off and running and it does not stop. I refuse. I say I don't have the luxury of having a bad day. <laughs> tell us how you go from pro wrestling to journalism because as a journalism graduate myself the that pro wrestling never seemed to be a um an internship that i had uh, looked for to go into the journalism world so so what happened was look i wanted to um because i grew up so poor i was smart enough to know 
that, you know, look, everybody wants to be a football player, hockey player. You know, in, in my case, I became a wrestler. Everybody wants to get in the show, right? However, very few get in and stay in or even get in, period. So I knew I needed something to fall back on. So I went to, uh, um, you know, journalism school up in Canada, and um, and I had that as a fallback. And uh, so what would happen would be I would when I was wrestling, I looked at myself as a business entity. So, for example, I, out of Vancouver, I go and wrestle out of Vancouver for four months over the winter. I would get a radio show. Actually, it was based on the National Hockey League. So I had uh, press credentials to the NHL, and I became friends with Brian Burke, who was uh, the VP, or he was the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks, became the VP of the National Hockey League, a friendship that lasted forever, and I actually considered him a mentor. Um, but I became friends with people like that. I also had a newspaper column. So if I went somewhere and I was going to be somewhere for a number of months, I would set up like almost like, hey, it's, it's the Dan Turner business. My wrestling name was Dirty Dan Denton. So it would be the – I'd be in that business. And the wrestling business opens up so many doors in the media, you know, because you're on TV. In those days, you know, a promoter would have three or four states or provinces as his, mm-hmm. and you were just saturated on TV in those in those states or provinces because you're on TV probably twice a week. And then in my case, I had a radio show uh, daily that I would record even when I'm on the road, you know, on the phone, and plus I had uh, the, the newspaper column. So – when I finally, um, <clears throat> at one point, I quit wrestling and I got a newspaper job. I went, I said, I'm done. I can't, you know, in my day, it was 320 shows a year. It was just such a grind. Today, it's a lot less. But uh, we were out on the road, grinding, grinding, grinding. And uh, I get tired of being on the road, being sore, being hurt. And you're never waking up in the same bed every night. So I quit and I took a, a, a job uh, as a sports reporter. Um and uh, okay, here's a here's here's how a wrestler becomes a sports reporter. He walks in the first night to the newspaper. Nobody knows me, but the editor has interviewed me a number of times. He hires me. Everybody just knows he's hired a pro wrestler to work in the sports department. I walk in at eight o'clock in a suit. Well, I didn't know the sports writers unless they're going out to cover a game. Showed up in sweats and t-shirts, so I'm there in a suit. So I go. And everybody's just kind of in awe of me. They're all looking at me. They know me from TV and stuff. And he tells me to go rewrite this little story. I sit down. Now, of course, when someone leaves, they take, they strip the desk. So I have a little, you know, secretary's chair that's tiny, right? And at this point, I'm probably about 250 pounds or so. Um, and I sit down in the chair and I lean back and I do a backflip off the chair. But because I'm so used to falling, it has no effect on me. I bounce up. I sit down. I put the chair back in. I sit down again. <laughs> The whole newsroom is just staring at me. So what do I do? I lean back again. I take my second bump backwards off the chair again. So now I get up and I say, where's the restroom at? So they tell me where the restroom is. So now I go in the restroom. This is all like in the first hour. I go in the restroom and I see this round thing. And you put, you, you, it's got the pedal and the water comes out. And across the way, this is in the days they still had the, uh, you know, composing rooms with the ink. So the, the, the guys who inked up the paper would come over and wash their hands in this thing. Well, I'm so used to being in arenas, I thought it was a trough. So I'm, I'm like, this is pretty fancy here. So I step down on that. And I'm, I'm <laughs> urinating into the thing. So a reporter comes in. He sees this. He beelines it back. He says, you know the pro wrestler you hired to write sports? And the editor's like, yeah. He goes, yeah, the guy that just flipped off his chair twice. Yeah. He's in the bathroom pissing in the sink. So, uh, you know, that was my first night as a, as a uh, full-time uh, newspaper reporter. So, uh, you know, 
from moving on, boys, when you have a bad day, think back to that because there's no worse <laughs> days than that. But after that, I was in Mexico. And what happened in Mexico was, um, you know, I went down. The, the business was huge. We do 20,000 people on Friday nights in Arena, Mexico, in Mexico City. That's the Cathedral of Lucha Libre. We do 40,000 up in uh, Monterey in the stadium on Sundays. And I did that, and I, I started just getting tired. My body started hurting a, a lot. And so I went, and I got a job at the daily newspaper there in English. I became a columnist, a sports columnist first. Then I transferred over to become a city columnist. And then CNN was looking for a reporter to cover Mexico. And um, I had a, a pretty good reputation down there. I had uh, done some freelance work also for USA Today and stuff. And so then I, uh, I jumped into the CNN gig, and from there uh, ended up in New York City. So, cool. yeah, just because of my background. Sure, sure. Uh, so talk to us a bit about that sparking moment, that that aha moment, that one that you said, enough's enough. I can't go any further. I have to fix this now. So what's amazing is um, when I was heavy um, and, um, you know, I'm still heavy, but when I was way heavier, um, the problem is I had a lot of energy. Like I'm a guy that when I get up, I go like a tornado all day. And when I crash, I crash, but I don't sleep a lot. I sleep maybe five hours a night, four and a half, five hours a night. Um, and so I was sitting in my car and I'm thinking, I'm looking at my business and I'm thinking, wow, this is a catastrophe. I had to lay off, I want to say 40% of my staff. Uh, so I got to lay off 40% of my staff, and I'm thinking the staff that I have left, I've got to be a leader for them. What can I do? So when I was heavy, I was always strong. I mean, I'm in the gym. I'm benching a lot of weight. I'm, I'm strong as an ox. Um, so I didn't have those emergency moments, right, where, you know, somebody gets heavy and they get lethargic and they've got knee problems and things like that. Well, I had a zillion problems, but it's from my wrestling career. And I literally sat in my car. And I'll never forget, it was like around the 1st of May, and I just said, you know what, today I'm going to training camp. Camp starts today, and I'm just going to I'm gonna drop a ton of weight. And I said to myself, well, I got I to gotta just be really conscious of the fact that I can't look at this in a week and think I need to lose 30 pounds. I got to lose just a little bit this week, next week, next week, next week, and then all of a sudden – you know, and that's what started happening. I started losing a couple pounds in a week, things like that. And I started getting really creative with eating, with foods, finding keto foods, making foods that would keep me interested, right? Um, I, I, uh, as long as I was interested, I could stay on the path. So I did a lot of research. You know, I, I got uh, Carb uh, Manager, the app, obviously. And I started banging a lot of stuff into there. I started really creating a lot of different things. and. I just created enough food that kept me interesting. Um, I wasn't really working out too much at that point because everything was shut down. Then I jumped onto DDP yoga and um, it started to come together. And after like 90 days, after three months, I had lost like, I'm trying to think back of like maybe 25, 28 pounds. And I was like, wow, this is really working. And that just kind of amplified and kept it going. And, you know, really it was, it was a lot of mindset. It wasn't so much the physical part of it because I – worked out all my life and stuff it was just the mindset of, of sitting down and saying to myself I'm going back to when I was young going back to training camp and I've been to a lot of training camp I mean I, I went to a junior camp for pro football up in Canada 
you know, look, just getting to the wrestling tour, I mean, there was 22 guys more or less in my class. Two of us got a break and I got the, the big break that, that went on. So everybody wanted to do this. Um, and I just knew what it took to do it because I think big part of it's from my background of growing up, having nothing, I knew hard work, dedication will get you to where you want to get to. And that's what I applied. And um, so that was it. I, I'll never forget. I was sitting in my car before I headed inside. And I said, that's it. I'm just going to wipe all the crappy stuff out of my desk, out of my, my house. And uh, and I'm going to give this a run. And let's see where this thing can go. Oh, that's awesome. So like, uh, follow, going back to that story right there, um, how did you find keto? Were you aware of keto? And what was your technique to tapering in? Were you one of those guys that just turned it on like a light switch one day to the next? Or were you the kind of guy that had to do a ton of research and slowly start dipping your toes in before going all in? No, I've got that unique gene where you can quit things on the spot. Um, now, you got to remember, a number of years on tour, you you can probably figure out that, that I've never been an angel uh, during those years. However, I've been smart enough to know when to quit and when to move on. And, and that's really what happens in life. Um, with my diabetes, I had my diabetes channel for quite a while. And I had a lot of keto people started following me because a lot of them were using it for um, diabetes. And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a – for a guy who gets gotten in a ring with a barbed wire baseball bat, I'm a, I'm a big nerd. So I love, love uh, information. I'm an information junkie. It's how I run my business. Um, so I did do a lot of research on things. However, I just literally jumped in. It was like, this is yes or no. We're doing it or we're not doing it. Uh, we're not going to half-ass do it. We're either doing it or not. So I jumped right in. And as I started going, then I started doing more and more um, as far as things went into the keto world. Like, you know, and I, had, I made a ton of friends with keto, with keto people uh, along the way. And then, um, and, and the more I get into it now, I do something and I, I, I kind of coined it diahacking. Instead of biohacking, I'm diahacking to see what effects um, like keto and IF and things like that really have on your body. And I'm fine tuning this thing like weekly, basically, by experimenting on myself, you know. So at the end of the day, this isn't something that, you know, look, I run my business. I never ask my business people to do something I wouldn't do or haven't done. And I'm finding the same thing with, with this. Was it hard to shift from eating so much as you bulked up for wrestling and whatnot to going on to a, a different way of eating because of the diabetes and everything? Uh, so, uh, you know, the wrestling days was a lot of heavy protein, a lot of protein, uh, rice, uh, because we were burning so much energy. And I was uh, young, right? I was in my 20s. So I was burning a lot of that energy. So it wasn't. So I ate really clean, actually, in those days. Um, I ate really, really clean. So I'll tell you where it was hard. I also have a food channel. It's a wrestling food channel, and um, and so you know you got the nachos and the pizzas and all that kind of stuff on there. Um, and my followers loved it. I mean, they they love the fact the wrestling and the barbecues. I get invites to go judge barbecue contests. And stuff like that. So it was probably harder to transition out of that to clean eating. And I still have that channel. Uh, and now I've converted it over into keto cooking, like keto foods and stuff. And uh, the people on the channel, like they get into it. So I, and I get a lot of questions, you know, DMs sent to me by people who are like, say, barbecue kings or queens or, or, uh, you know, nacho people. And they're asking me, hey, that looks good. So, so that there's no carbs in that. So they're really, really curious. And again, I don't push on anyone. 
some of them don't even, they send me a lot of comments. They don't even realize they're commenting on, on keto food, keto meals. I'm curious at this point, you're, you're doing the DDP yoga, which is a pretty solid workout in and, in and of itself, especially for a large person. What, uh, what other things are you incorporating as things? Well, depending on where you are, things might not be opened up yet, but, uh, you know, kind of where are you in that regard as far as working out? Are you back to lifting or what, what are you doing on an activity? I moment? just rejoined, um, Gold's in, uh, in Venice Beach. So here's the thing, fellas. Look. Um, I want to be around the best people I can be around. And that gym, I've traveled the world. Look, I've trained at Golds in Cairo. I've trained, uh, you know, Canada in Mexico and in Latin America. I mean, you name it, I've been there. Um, it is the best gym I have ever been in anywhere in the world, literally. And, uh, the vibe in there is absolutely amazing. So I rejoined uh, about a couple of weeks ago, and I've been back in there heavy. I can't lift what I used to lift. I mean, it's very humbling for me. Literally, uh, yesterday on the shoulder press, you know, I was easy a couple of plates aside for a lot of reps. No more. I had uh, I was on hammer strength equipment yesterday with no, no weights at all because my left shoulder's blown out. I separated both my collarbones when I was wrestling, and my left shoulder's really deteriorated. So I am now. Uh, just literally rebuilding from scratch. However, the people in there, listen, the, the, I, my first day back in there, I'm sitting there doing back. I look up and who's standing in front of me but Schwarzenegger. I'm looking at Arnold, and I'm not a shy guy. I've done arms in that gym with Lou Ferrigno probably three or four times. You know, um, um, you know, you name it, you see him in there. I mean, every pro athlete you can imagine, actors, uh, singers, stuff like that. Uh, but the one guy that did stun me was Arnold. I, I had not, and I'm not a quiet guy, but I, I was, I was shocked. I'm just looking at him. He's looking at me like I'm a weirdo. And I, was, I didn't even know what to say. So you're surrounded with such high energy people and people who are really, really dialed in on what they're doing. That gym just, you can't help but get energized. And it's huge. They have the top equipment. Um, it's, it's truly amazing in there. So, I'm I'm back in. I've gone like uh, as of today. I did legs today the first time in probably 12 years. I did a leg workout. Um, I've been skipping legs. My left knee's a little wonky. So, but I really this time I'm being really really careful, really cautious. But I'm working my my butt off. I saw and I see Arnold like almost every day now. And there's a guy in his 70s. His shirt is soaked. And I think to myself, man, if this guy's in his 70s and going that hard, I got to go hard too. I, I won't leave. I got to leave everything on this bench today or on this uh, treadmill or whatever it is. But but I'm going. We are going to play today. And that's that's how I think, man. And uh, so I've been I've been back into goals. So I'm going to I'm going to see where this goes now. And some of the exercises, you know, everybody's got muscle memory. So it starts coming back. So you can start feeling it on some where you start adding, you know, a few more plates and things like that. However, I'm being super cautious on this go around because I don't want to get hurt. I've uh, I left one Gold's gym one time in the back of a pickup truck with my legs in the air after blowing my back out. So, uh, you know, I've been down a lot of roads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say. But you know what I've noticed too? Since I've been back and working out hard, my insulin sensitivity has changed. So I've woken up uh, two nights in the past five days. I took a little mini vacation from work and all I did was work out. But I, I woke up two nights where I took just a little insulin uh, and uh, I had uh, alarms going off because of my Dexcom that my insulin had dropped so much. I had to get up 
and take glucose tablets to bring it back up again. And that never happened in the past. I mean, I was so resistant to insulin. It's it's crazy. Right. And one thing that we didn't uh, ask at the beginning, if you don't mind sharing, the, like how tall are you and what was your weight at the heaviest? And I think you just said you were down about 100 pounds or so. Yeah. So I, I'm uh, I'm 5'11". I was at 438 and um, down to uh, 333. So I wrestled at about uh, I wrestled at about two forty five somewhere in there, just depending. I would if I was doing a bunch of cage matches, I'd put on a little more weight just for the pounding. You know, if if I was in Mexico, I'd go a little lighter just because they fly a little bit more down there. So I would go you know two thirty five to two fifty somewhere somewhere like that uh, when I was uh, when I was wrestling, just depending on on where I was and what kind of a tour I was doing. Yeah, just for personal question at 511 in the in the ring in the in the world of wrestling is that is 511 considered short medium or like tall because you see all these guys on tv and they all seem like they're giants yeah uh well you know i've wrestled yeah you're probably about medium in mexico you're tall you know uh depending on where you're at like different promoters like vince mcmahon loves big guys now he's changed completely but in my early days so my first match was with uh, scott hall went on to become razor ramon scott's probably What's Scott? Six five, something like that. Uh, when you're getting body slammed by a guy at six five, it's a long way down. A lot of the guys are around <laughs> six feet. You know, like in my day, they were around six feet. You have some guys that were really tall, and then Vince went to the big, uh, big monsters after that. So you know, some promoters would collect them. Other guys wouldn't. It was just, it was uh, just depend. I was really at the end of the uh, territory area era um, when these guys all controlled their own territories and stuff. So. Well, that's a tough way to make a living. I'm going to tell you. There's, uh, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> there's, there's no easy nights in that line of work. Trust I'm me. Only a few months into jujitsu where they respect the tap, and I'm achy and miserable almost every day of the week. I can't imagine doing it for a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll butt in here. It's kind of one of those things. I admittedly grew up not really paying attention to pro wrestling hardly at all, but whenever I did get introduced to it from a roommate. I was like, oh, this has to be fake. This has to be fake. And then I watched it a little further. I'm going, some of the things, they have some tricky ways of doing this or that so that they don't truly hurt or injure this person severely. But everything about this is filled with athleticism, and it's absolutely real, and it's absolutely entertaining. Now, am I going to make sure that I hit every Monday Night Raw? No. But if it happens to be on... I'll watch it and enjoy it. You know, it's, uh, they say um, um, it's, uh, it's predetermined. Uh, but I'm going to mm -hmm. tell you, man, uh, you, you, those chairs you're getting cracked on your back, they're at full swing. Um, and yeah. in, in my days, it was the head. You know, guys were getting knocked out. I probably had, I, I, I'll bet you I've had at least a dozen concussions. I, I've got knocked out in rings and, and woken up, and the match is still going on. I don't even know what city I'm in. Um, you know, so, um, it, it, uh, it's really, it can be very brutal. And what's interesting is a half inch, just a half inch movement. You can take a person's life and, uh, you have to be so careful and considerate of the other person, but you know, the poundings and, and, and the beatings, I mean, I've done, uh, you know, leather strap matches, you have a, a 12 foot leather strap where, you know, the first night you just get welted up and you just stay welted up for the next, you know, 12 shows if you're going around the horn, uh, 12 different cities. I mean, there's, there's uh, 
you know, many nights like that, you'd go around um, and do a series of cage matches or the barbed wire baseball bat. There's a great pick of a barbed wire baseball bat myself. Um, so yeah, it, it, uh, it, uh, it, it's really a painful way to, to go. And, you know, you got to think about those guys too. And, and, and when we were on the road, you know, it's hard cause you're eating at restaurants all the time. So, so keto wasn't even in existence back then. There was nothing, nobody knew anything about keto. Nobody really knew about nutrition. They just would watch their weight. And if they're, you know, starting to gain a little weight, they would just cut back and, and, and eat more protein. That was really the way that people were going back in the day. It was just to, what we used to call clean eating, right? Protein, rice, um, things like that. But then you're partying all night too, so that didn't really help. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a history of diabetes in your family? My grandmother had diabetes. I believe it was type 1. Um, so I watched her take insulin for uh, for quite a while. Um she came to live with us at the end of her life because she had gone blind uh, from the diabetes. And uh, so I saw it. So I had exposure to it. So when I first got it, um, you know, the first thing I did was uh, it was kind of shock. And then it was like, okay, what do I got to do? Can this be reversed, A? And uh, what do I got to do to manage it? And that's what I, I uh, kind of dug into. And I did, you know, and then I found out about, you know, just really kind of low-carb eating and stuff. and. I, you know, I kind of went into that, uh, but I did it half-assed because I had so much energy and, you know, I was still strong and, and things like that, that, it, you know, I was like, yeah, but I've got it under control. I'll just keep taking more insulin. I was up to 600 units of insulin every two days. Now I take about 20 units, maybe every three. Mm. Insane. And that's, it's, it's a lot because it is. And, it, and, it, and then I forgot about the weight gain because then I think back to when I was a kid in the gyms and all the hardcore muscle heads. We're talking about uh, taking insulin to get bigger. And even now, you know, the guys mess with the insulin in the growth hormone. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on that uh, uh, we forget about, sadly, on something that's uh, made to uh, save someone's life. You know, it's, it's crazy. that You know, my doctor and I came up with this plan, and the plan was uh, last, uh, last May when I got into this, we're going to reduce my carbohydrates, right? So, which fed right into keto. Reduce my carbohydrates. I was going to, and I was going to reduce my insulin intake as well. Let my glucose levels come up some, um, and so give that back. However, I would drop weight, which would eventually bring those levels down. And so that's the plan we had. And then last year, so I started doing that, and it, and it really started working. And then around December, I discovered, uh, you know, Jason Fung. I'm sure you guys all have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started reading his books and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is the exact plan I'm on here. This is, this is amazing. And, um, I just went for a physical the other day and, uh, my doc, uh, I was, my doctor didn't know of him, but you know, he's like, yeah, that's what we're doing. I said, yeah, I know. I kind of figured that doc. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Dr. Fung hasn't gotten the notoriety by, the masses and there's a whole group of people. If I, if I mentioned Dr. Fung in certain groups and certain company, they're like, ah, he knows. uh, Well, all I can say is that reading the obesity code changed my life. So yeah. So, you know, you, you can think whatever you want to about him, but his explanation of hormonal, uh, balance and how hormones can 
contribute uh, significantly to weight gain and weight loss, that was groundbreaking for me. That's a, you know, so yeah, it just. Hey, I'm going to tell you something is. too. You know, with, yeah. with keto, you get, you hear all the chirps, right? The keto police mm-hmm. and you hear this mm-hmm. and this and this. Listen, all yeah. the people I'm helping have had, have had monumental results, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I will tell you this, and this is what I tell everybody I'm helping out on their journeys is this has got to work for you. So it just put blinders on to all the people chirping about this and chirping about that. Look, my whole life I've been chirped at, right? I was always a heel in wrestling, a bad guy. I'm used to taking abuse. I, I've been abused my whole life. It doesn't matter to me. I, I could care less. What really matters, though, is the science, number one, and number two, the results, right? In my business, we say if it's not on paper, it didn't happen. So it's about the results. What are the results? What's the progress? What are we doing, right? And and I'm going to tell you, if, when you talk about fung, I mean, the obesity code, the diabetes code, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And it amplified. Actually, I started doing the intermittent fasting because of him. I was already doing the mm-hmm. keto. And I had just kind of come to a stall in my keto journey. And then once I read the obesity code and I read the diabetes code, I started doing the intermittent fasting, man. And everything just, boom amplified it was like somebody stepped on my gas pedal so combining the keto with the intermittent fasting has been a godsend to me and everybody i'm helping the same way now some people i don't have doing any fasting but the other people uh i do and uh and, and they're having great results one like i said one guy's down 100 and 103 pounds since the fall and he feels great this guy wants to fast every day he, he's reduced his carbs he's doing keto He's like, can we fast tomorrow? I'm like, okay, hang on, slow down a minute. <laughs> let, 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 let's get this right. So, so we we've uh, we're coming up almost on on the hour. So I want to make sure that we respect your time and we really appreciate you you joining us. Uh, let's talk about a day of eating for you, um, including what your your IF routine is. Um, and what, what kind of is an average day for you? And then we'll talk about a favorite here in a minute. So uh, another guy I've discovered, of course, has been Dave Asprey with his Bulletproof Coffee. Um, matter of fact, there's a Bulletproof Coffee right by Gold's Venice. So uh, I, I've been popping in there. So my, my average day is so basically tonight uh, or on a Sunday night, I will, uh, I will have dinner. Then I, uh, on Monday lately, I don't eat. I skip breakfast always. I have a bulletproof coffee in the morning. I've been having um, uh, uh, a cup of bone broth for lunch and a cup of bone broth for dinner. Um, Tuesday, I will skip breakfast and then I will have lunch. Tuesday, dinner, Tuesday. And then uh, Wednesday, we'll do the same skip breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then after dinner, we'll fast all day Friday, uh, Thursday, have lunch Friday, and uh, have lunch and dinner Friday. And then on Saturday, I do an 18-hour fast. I eat around uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon just because it goes, I work six days a week. Um, so it goes with my work schedule. Um, that's generally what I do. The last couple of weeks, I've jumped into the um, – tried the uh, fat fast with eggs uh, to see what kind of results I would get. I'm kind of diehacking that one right now. And measuring and 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 uh, and uh, and getting results back off of that. So I've done that one as well, um, and uh, that's what I've been doing. As far as my meals go, I've got a little uh, restaurant, a deli that's close to where I work. I've I've taken their menu and just hacked it down to a salad that's got the least amount of carbs. Uh, so they custom make a salad for me with with uh, low carb meat and the, even the lettuce, the type of lettuce and all kinds of stuff. 
Uh, I have that a couple of days a week for dinner. You know, it could be, um, I was at uh, Roos Chris last night. I had the salad. I had uh, asparagus and I had steak and prawns. So, you know, this is what I'm doing now. I also do some other things that are, that are kind of cool. So I, uh, I uh, found this company online. They've got one net car pizza crust um, and uh, um, zucchini. So I, I'll take them. And where I used to order pizza from my favorite pizza restaurant in town, I'll order a pizza and I'll scrape off the toppings and put it on this pizza crust. And then I'll watch my Dexcom. And I'm going to tell you, no blip. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And the guy's like, he's like, just bring me the crust. I'll make it with the, with your crust. I'm like, ah, don't even worry about it, man. So I'll do things like that too. You know, I'll replicate foods I loved in restaurants and just kind of turn them around like taco salads with no shells. Um, you know, I, I've, uh, I've done a lot of that too. You know, I'll do the five guys, uh, or in and out here in California, but, uh, you know, the burgers with no, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, very little uh, tomato, uh, cheese, uh, bacon, you know. I'll bring my own. I, I don't know if you guys know of Primal Kitchen, but I'll bring Primal Kitchen mayo and ketchup to work with me and uh, and, and throw that on a Five Guys uh, bacon uh, cheeseburger uh, on a little bit of lettuce. So stuff like that. I'm, I'm big into stuff like that. It's got to work for you, man. It's got to work. If it doesn't work, you won't do it. That's the bottom line. To It, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're not into it, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. So, so the, the, the rule is uh, you can't choose steak, but what is your number one, your favorite keto-friendly meal? Probably that pizza. I mean, and it's, and it's okay. probably not the, the best one, but if it, wouldn't, if it wasn't that, if, if we're going to talk, that's like a treat. But if we're going to talk normal, uh, I would say uh, halibut with asparagus. That's a first. Yeah. Good pick. That one's, that one's different. That, that one's different. Yeah. Well, and I make a homemade uh, tartar sauce out of, uh, you know, uh, pickles and a uh, little uh, mayo, Primal Kitchen mayo, avocado. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Primal, Primal Kitchen does a good job on their products. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, with Frank Campanella. And, like, our one of the group's favorites is uh, he has a pork rind-based pizza crust that he makes. you got to make it from scratch, obviously. But uh, think of it like, like Fathead, but instead of uh, – using fathead you make it a lot better by using crushed pork rinds and mozzarella and a bunch of herbs and it makes like this nice little almost like garlic bread type pizza crust so like there's times where i'll make that stuff up and i'll just eat it like as the bread alone but also times you know i'll add briskets and salad and make a big giant pizza of it but like just the crust itself is so hearty and, and you know pretty much pork rinds and cheese so you can just imagine if add some eggs in there for the recipe but uh, it works out so, so well. And sometimes I'll get crazy and I'll cook up a pound of ground beef and then mix it in the, the quote unquote dough and then throw that all in the oven. So then you basically have a pork rind pizza stick that's embedded with ground beef. And it's like your your meal that you just literally hold in your hand. It's like the greatest thing ever. Sounds fantastic. You know, my problem is I work so much. I don't if I don't get a lot of time to, um, to cook. Like I'll meal prep. I'll do uh, I'll do tuna melts, uh, tuna, and I'll put it in a uh, bowl, you know, microwavable bowl. I'll put cheddar on top, uh, but no bread, and I'll eat that. Um, you know, things like that as well. I just don't have a lot of time where I can sit down and actually like I have. I want to try fathead dough, but I don't have the time to sit down and make a fathead <laughs> dough. So I got to be on the fly. So you know, unfortunately with me. 
Um, that's that's how it is. And now I got all my favorite restaurants in town here. I live at the beach in L.A., so I got a lot of, of great restaurants around me, and they they all customize their menus for me. You know, so I can go to my my buddy owns one, or somebody else owns another one, and they all know me. I I get I get faux or fa however you pronounce it from this place. And what I do is I put uh, I get it with no noodles, and I put shirataki noodles in it. And when I call them up, the Asian lady's just laughing at me. Oh, big order today. <laughs> I go, yeah, you come on now. <laughs> Slow down, Tiger. You know what I'm kidding. So, you know, and I'll, so I'll make yeah. kind of like a keto version of uh, of that soup, but I'll mm-hmm. use shirataki noodles in my house. So I've got all the, the – I drive them crazy, but all the people around me, I've just hacked all their menus too. But they're all cool. They'll, they'll right. make it for me, and I support them. So that's yeah, – that, that also brings up a good point. Like if you, if you frequent a place enough and they get to know you, they will do almost anything for you. There's this uh, little – so it's actually it's actually technically ice house, but it's a, like a restaurant and cold beer joint uh, down by one of my shops, and I go visit them regularly. And it's like every time I walk in, they're like, "Oh, the complicated burger guy, huh?" Because <laughs> every every time I go in, I'm like, I'll take the the farmhouse burger substitute for a half pound bun. Uh, I want to add an egg, add an avocado, and you know, all this. I'm like, you know, that was last time I told them, like, you could just change your menu and put this on there. I go, then my order isn't complicated. I'm just ordering directly off your menu. And then we all have a good laugh. But, but, but I mean, they are super, super, super cool about it. They cater to my needs. And like, and like we're all like, I go there often enough to where like, once I order and sit down for type of joint where they'll call your name and you go pick up your food. Well, instead of calling my name now, whoever the party I'm with, they'll just bring all our food to us, bring all our drinks to us and, you know, hand us free appetizers and stuff. But yeah, I mean, to your point, you frequent a place enough and, and they will more than bend over backwards for you. So I haven't taken any deviation from this this course since last uh, May, right? So I thought when I hit 100 pounds, I'm going to go out and have something I used to love. And here in L.A., up in Hollywood, there's a restaurant in West Hollywood called Dantana's. It's been there forever. I mean, you, you, you go in, you're going to see Pacino. You're going to see you name it. They're, they're going to be in there. It's small. You're going to have three waiters on you all night. It's amazing. They've got um, – I get uh, uh, um, a veal parm that's off the chain good with their – pasta and stuff like that so i thought well, listen when i crack a hunsky here i'm gonna go and just celebrate with one meal and then jump back because i have that kind of personality where i can jump off and jump back on and i'll tell you man i i thought about it for literally i thought about celebrating for about two minutes jumped in the shower and set my new goal like it's 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 crazy but um you know uh it, it's i don't know but when i do fall off that's where i'm gonna go <laughs> I love it. That, that there are worse ways to fall off. So yeah, if you're gonna, we you know, our, our normal thing is if you choose to eat off plan. We don't we don't talk about cheating very often, but if you make a choice and you eat off a of plan, um, you know that that's your choice to make in that moment. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of times I've you know chosen to eat off plan, and it was a gas station donut or some crap that wasn't even good like why am i doing this this is just chemicals that taste sweet why am i actually eating this um but that's kind of the psychological thing that that uh yeah there are there are aisles in gas stations that i know that i cannot go down them i i'm I'm like an an admirer of art like i'll go to whole foods and i'll go to the bakery section and i'm like i'm looking at it like it's a van gogh (laughs) I'm like, this is amazing. Look at this stuff. Oh, it's so great. And, but I'm looking at it, I go, but I can't have you. No, no, no. But man, you look great. Um, you know, it's funny what you said about the changing of your taste buds, though. So this morning, I'm, I'm going to have a bulletproof coffee that I make at my house before I go to the gym. 
and I've weaned myself off of sweeteners now. That Oh, that was the last thing with my personality as it is. One night I had a Diet Coke, and I said, well, that's it. I'm done. And I probably had two cents when I've gone out for wings. You know, there's my deviation. I've had Diet Coke at a bar when I'm having wings and a salad. However, um, I've weaned myself off of sweeteners. And so today, being Sunday, my last day, my little mini vacation I had, I put a bit of a sweetener into my Bulletproof coffee, and I thought it was disgusting. Like I couldn't – I had to go get a, at, to the Bulletproof Cafe – get another one to get that taste out of my mouth. I can't believe how much my taste buds have changed because I found out that the uh, sweetener will stimulate insulin in your body, which is what I'm trying not to do, and uh, and dump it. So, yeah, it's amazing how we change, and it's wonderful. Yeah. With your Dexcom, you'll find that some actually do and some don't. I found that that sucralose and uh, ACE-K don't affect me. Uh, but then monk fruit and stevia actually do affect my my glucose. I get a glucose response. I it's not a true insulin response, but it still it still is a, uh, a, a a noticeable sign that there's some type of activity there. And so yeah, having my uh, my glucose monitor helped me to 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 know what my body reacts poorly to. Now the other thing that that it found. Um, with this and you should test this with your deck with with your dexcom as well is your fasting uh fasting or average uh glucose level if you've had a whole bunch of sweeteners for a couple days you'll see that fasting glucose a little bit higher in the morning because your body is still trying to and so that's again another telltale sign that that you know you're seeing at least some auxiliary insulin uh, response to these ta- things that taste sweet and that's causing imbalances. It's crazy how, and, and we have this wonderful technology that gives us so much information. So we, we, we've uh, got it. If we can get our hands on it, we've got to use it. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's uh, wrap up with you once again, sharing how people connect with you and any other things that you would have to share in that vein of things. And then, um, then we'll close things up. Sure. Well, first of all, it's a pleasure being with you guys. I, I really appreciate what you do and, and the good you're actually doing for a lot of people's wellness. And I'm sure you, you probably know, but you probably influence, uh, influence more people than you really uh, understand. Um, and that's wonderful. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram. I post a ton of stuff. I put everything I'm eating. I put a lot of my, my uh, glucose, my Dexcom readings and stuff. I put my, my ketones up there all the time. I, I want to create awareness. It's uh, Diabetes Army on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. I've got a, a wellness newsletter I send out every Sunday. Uh, you can just DM me at, uh, at um, my social media pages. And uh, just your name and your email address, be happy to add you. Um, we just acquired a small um, uh, company that's uh, got a, a book on um, on keto. I get a lot of people ask me about keto and stuff like that. So so we've got them. And I may do another one with fasting. So we've uh, I've got some things that are going to be coming out. They'll all be on the page. I've got a web page, uh, diabetesarmy.com. Uh, you can go on there. I don't, I'm not as active on there, though, as I am on my uh, Instagram. It's probably the... The, the place I'm the most active on. I sometimes do Instagram lives. I'll sometimes do a Facebook live. But, uh, yeah, just Diabetes Army is the, probably the best place to get a hold of me. Uh, my email is diabetesarmyrebuild at gmail.com. Um, pretty pretty easy to find. As I say, look at my size. I don't hide very well. So, uh, you know, 
<laughs> and I answer everybody back. You'd be amazed at the people that reach out to me. And, and because, you know, not only for the wellness journey, right? People want to lose weight. I just had somebody just hit me up literally before I came on and say they're at 400 pounds. They can't get it going. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out and help them out. The only thing I ask of people that when they do that is they're very serious about what we're doing. I'm a super busy guy. Um, so, uh, but I really care about people I'm helping. So if I'm going to put the effort in, you've got to be able to put the effort in too. It's a two way street. Um, so, uh, but I get people, I'm telling you with diabetes, who've told me they've stopped taking their insulin, they've given up on life and I've walked them back in and got them back uh, on their meds again. I've had people who've lost limbs and said that, uh, you know, because of all the positivity I put out, that's been helping them through their crisis and stuff like that. This is real world, man. I mean, again, my old tag team partner, Kamala, we were partners in Mexico. We were, uh, you know, we worked in Arena Mexico together, uh, you know, uh, and we lost this guy and we lost uh, there's a lot of other people that we've lost too over stuff that nobody knew about all this stuff back in the day, but we're learning about it now. And because of podcasts like this, you know, the word is getting spread about wellness and taking care of yourself and the long-term availability to, to carry on and live. You know, one of the people who reached out to me said that they've got a lot to live for um, that I'm helping. And they said they want to live a longer life with their family and stuff. And we don't think about that when we're young, but you know, you start thinking about it now and it really means a lot to people. So I really believe if we can do something and reach out to people and, and not expect anything back in return, but, but just be a good human being, then, then, um, you know, life's a pretty good place to be. Awesome. That's a great way to close us out. So a uh, quick reminder to our listeners, please, if you would, uh, visit our website to connect with us, uh, theketomansclub.com. You can also uh, uh, leave a, uh, a rating or review on uh, the different podcast platforms. We covet that type of uh, feedback. It helps the algorithm put us in front of more people so that people like Dan can get their story out in front of more people, which is uh, something that uh, it's absolutely necessary as Dan is talking about. And uh, so we, we definitely want to, would ask you to do that and appreciate you, you taking the time to do that. Um, make sure that if you uh, m uh, try to join the Facebook group, that you answer all the questions. That's one of the, uh, the things that we, we see commonly whenever we're reviewing is that someone skips a question or two. So uh, please uh, try to answer all of them uh, so that we can get you in. We want you to be able to connect with our community that is uh, thriving at 4,500 plus strong at this point, which is fantastic. Now, uh, at least as it stands right this minute when I'm recording this and well, who knows, I might not get around to changing this anytime soon. We still have the merch available. You can go to the ketomansclub.com and I think it's the first or second link there to our merch store. We have t-shirts, we have uh, stickers, we have all sorts of things there. And uh, we've, we've got a few things in stock right now, nothing major, but uh, the things that we need to make to order, we have uh, set it up to where we can do so within about a couple weeks. So with a little bit of lead time, uh, you can just go to the website, order what you want, and that will uh, that will suffice most of the time. Uh, so please, uh, if, if, if that supports us being able to make things better, we've uh, done things like add webcams and check out our YouTube channel. We're posting some of these episodes in video form to uh, to our YouTube channel. Check out uh, and and it also gives us the ability to get better mics and all this different all the different things that try that, that allows us to try to help make this better so that it will get in front of more and more people as best as possible. So that, that little bit of support, we're not getting rich off of any of that. 
I absolutely promise you, we're not getting rich. Uh, so I'm giving we, away uh, our secret, Chris. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, you're making it sound so good. <laughs> uh, but we uh, we really appreciate your support as uh, listeners and sharing this. If you think that Dan's story might impact a friend or a family member, please put it in front of them. Share it with them. Share it on social media. Uh, this is uh, a man who's taken it, taken the reins. He's transforming his life. And other people can do it too. And sometimes all it takes is hearing someone doing that to spur them on and give them the ability to do it themselves. So uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-O-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week. <laughs>